Welcome to the newest edition of the Screenfellows Podcast. My name is Carlos. And I'm Ozzy. In this episode, we will be reviewing Storks and the Magnificent Seven, as well as discussing the Western genre and recapping This Week in TV. Enjoy the show. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Ozzy, how are you doing? I am exhausted, but that's the point. It's been a long day. It's been a very unpredictable day. Um, uh, if you remember, audience, if you remember our in our last episode, I said that we were going to have a guest on this episode. And that is technically still true, but the guest we had planned to have on was not able to come on this episode, but he will be next week, I believe, if all goes according to plan. But... We didn't want to leave you without a guest. So this week, we have our friend Miles, who has been referenced in this podcast multiple times already. He runs our YouTube channel. You've heard his voice there multiple times. And now he's here. Miles, how are you doing? Dude, I'm so relieved to be here. Uh, (laughs) I was hoping you'd introduce me as Chris Pratt for ratings sake, but, you know, it's okay. Uh, That's all right, man. Uh, You may not be as famous as Chris Pratt or even even the guest we are going to have on, but you're you're famous to us. (laughs) We love you, Miles. (laughs) I appreciate you, too. And that... (laughs) Wow, that was a backhanded compliment there. I kind of don't want to be your fan anymore. (laughs) Are we... Hey, maybe you guys can work out your problems when Ozzy actually comes to Virginia in a few weeks. And we can watch Mad Max together. <laughs> Not watching Mad Max. I have a feeling this issue might come up even later on the podcast as well. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys want to start with Storks. I'm let's down. Do it. All right. Um, let's start with you, Ozzy. What did you think of Storks? Um, I think kids will genuinely love this movie. I'm going to get to my general audience further down, but I think kids will generally really like this movie. Uh, the movie had a lot of heart in it towards the, when we were getting towards the, towards the second act. And I think that was, I think that's uh, where the movie sort of got interest, like where I got interested in the movie. So I thought it had a lot of heart and I think kids will generally like this movie. So it's, it's all right. It's not too bad. All right. Miles, what were your thoughts? Yeah, and I think I'm basically for once on the same page with <laughs> Ozzy here. Where if I were to like describe it in one word, it's Storks is fun because I can't give it. I can't say that it's fully good, mm-hmm. but I will say that it'll work for kids and it'll be bearable enough for adults mm-hmm. that it has intentions and it has jokes that do land, even though there's a lot that doesn't necessarily appease to adults very well. Yeah, that was my thing with this movie. Like, I overall, I think if I take a step back and go, did I have fun with this movie? The answer would be yes. It it was fun. It was a fun time. Were there parts of it that I absolutely loathed and would cut out? Yes. (laughs) That's just a fact. And we'll get to those more specifically um, in a little bit. But let's start with our positives. Miles, what were some of your positives for this movie? I think some of the biggest positives would be out of the main cast. 
because generally for me at least, animation has this trend of casting these really big name actors, but they're super interchangeable for the mm-hmm. most part. But in this movie, I legitimately thought Andy Samberg, who starred as the main bird, was really well casted as his part. Kelsey Grammer as well was really fun to hear. And a newcomer-ish, Katie Crown, mm-hmm. I think that's her name, she voiced the main chick in the movie. Oh, she was great. She, they were all like really good. Yeah. Better than most movies, which is probably the biggest positive I could give it. Yeah, voice acting, definitely. I'm on the same page with you there. Ozzy, what do you think? Yeah, I thought the, the voice acting in this movie was actually pretty good. Generally speaking, mm-hmm. I mean, this is... Um, you know, a lot of a lot of animation casts, like a lot of animation movies, tend to have great voices, and I think this is this is a great example of a great cast and and, and a good movie. So, um, I think the voice acting was actually was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, the movie had 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 some parts had some parts where I had heart, and I appreciated that. Agreed. And, totally. um, Especially towards the end. Like, for me, that's when it was kind of like, all right, this movie's fine. This, this is getting to me. And to me, it kind of justified some of the bad parts, I guess you would say, of the movie. Because I was just like, all right. Because I still ultimately care enough about these characters that I'm feeling this emotion that I'm supposed to be feeling. So Yeah. Yeah, uh, and, and to um, to me that that's um, if you don't mind to to me one of the strongest points of this movie is some of the characters in this movie, especially your two leads, um, Andy Samberg's character and um, who what was his name Junior, and then Tulip, who is the girl. Mm-hmm. Um, she she specifically she had a great character, and I from basically from our first scene, I was like, I really like her character. She was really like easy to. Um, relate to, and um, I got attached to her really quick as a character. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I mean, she was she was pretty funny. Um, she was definitely relatable to to a lot of people. So, after agree. She was she had a lot of the her her and Junior had had great dialogue together. I would Agreed. say um, it carried it it carried the movie from from what it from what I would have rated it. To them lifting from their performance, basically lifting it up, I think it, I think it says a lot. And their characters had a good arc too. Like over the movie, you kind of see it. And yes, it's a little like step by step, like really easy to see. Yes, but I think it worked for this movie. Agreed. Yeah. And I, I think some of the comedy hit. It hit. It hit for me at least. Yeah. Like in some scenes, I'm just like, this is actually pretty funny. I can, I can go with this. I do want to add to that. Two people that we haven't mentioned that were really fun to listen to in it are Key and Peele themselves. Keegan-Michael Key and Jordan Peele. They were fun. But I do want to say there was a part near the end I won't spoil. I don't know if you guys are moved by the same exact. It was a little, like, couple second long beat. Mm -hmm. It was between the main character and the baby. Yeah. And it really hit me hard. Like, Mm -hmm. that moment felt... I would say Pixar. It yeah. was just a moment, but it was really moving. Agreed. Uh, I <laughs> there are definitely some moments like because they they used the comedy in the movie really well to kind of build the characters. So, like I said, you do end up caring about these characters, mm-hmm. and that's why I really liked. And I would say also the overall concept and the story of this movie it went in a completely first of all a completely different direction than what I was expecting going in. And secondly, I just thought it was a really cool idea, and I thought the story was pretty well developed. Uh, you might disagree, but for me, I thought it really worked. I thought the kind of mythology, I guess, that they set up was pretty cool. Um, so I was interested in it from interested in it from the get go. 
Um, is there any other positives that we want to bring up before we get into our negatives, which I think Miles is like holding back a little bit right now. <laughs> That's it for me, man. All right. Um, Miles, you want, why don't you start us off with your negatives here? Well, I do want to preface or preface or whatever you want to say. I want to start it with this, that saying it's really hard for me to deconstruct a movie like this, knowing what it's meant for. Mm-hmm. And it's a product made to please kids yes. and to give parents a break. And this movie will do that very well. But I will say with the concept in hand, I do think there is so much more that they could have done with this. Because imagine, imagine if a Pixar directed a movie called Storks. Mm-hmm. All the different ideas that would be going through your head. What you could expect from a trailer. What you could expect from the movie. I just thought they could have played around with some more adult and yes. child humor. A lot more in this movie. And not only that, I felt like there were scenes where they were trying to build suspense or build an arc. But they would all of a sudden just completely cheat that mm-hmm. for the sake of moving the plot forward easily. But those were the two things that really stuck out to me, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, to me, I, I get what you're saying because is it clever like a Pixar movie, like an Inside Out, where they take these concepts and they're like, all right, what's a really cool way we can explain something like this? No, it's not yeah. at all. Like, they do some really, like, okay, we're just having fun, and this is just a stupid, like, this is how we're going to do this. That, that's fine. Um, I do, like, obviously, that'll come into play with our rating, but like you said, you kind of have to put yourself into the mind of a kid right. with your enjoyment of this. So, that's that's why it's not too big of a negative that I necessarily want to talk about, um, for myself at least. Unlike, unlike some of the other animations that we've seen this year, mm-hmm. with Kubo, Zootopia, mm-hmm. um, and another and other films like that, it's just it has those like like Finding Dory. Also, it, those tend to have more heart and more humor towards also adults. Mm-hmm. And um, I end up like with all those movies, I'm just like, ow, like this actually hits me. This one didn't really hit me like that, which is why I kind of put this as like a negative in a sense. Yeah, just because all these other animations from different companies have really you know, like kind of hit like as a family movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that's sort of like a goal if we're going to kind of like do this kind of movie. Because you want, you also want to kind of please the parents as well. But yeah. this had so much childish moments in the movie. Like I was, for like the first like 20 minutes of this movie, I really wasn't engaged. Really? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Uh, yeah, because it felt really childish and like in the beginning i mean sure like the first you could talk about the intro but then once i really got into junior's character and what he was doing and stuff like that i was like this feels really childish um, see, i i don't necessarily agree with that but I, again I, this is not something i really want to dwell on but my last my last thought on this issue is that it didn't cross my line that i've set a hard line in this podcast before about what bothers me when it comes to these movies and what doesn't. And it didn't cross the line. There were no animals driving a car. That's all I ask. As long as you don't have an animal driving a car, I'm good. And it didn't. So I'm good. That's, we're gonna discuss that <laughs> That's the line. We're going to discuss, we're going to discuss this as soon as we end this podcast. <laughs> kind of hypocritical if you say that, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Um, it didn't cross the line. Um, Stop all right. <laughs> Shut up. Um, okay. My biggest issue with this movie, and this is something that, this is what I was talking about when I said there were entire bits and segments of this movie that I could just cut out and that I absolutely hated myself for having no sit through. 
Um, the character of Pigeon Toady. Amen. Oh my gosh. I wanted, at first I was like, okay, this is just a really stupid character that is not working at all. But then they keep coming back to it. Oh my gosh, they keep coming back to it. And I was, I literally, I was like, I'm going to kill myself. This is so stupid. Uh, I, I don't know if you had as strong feelings, but I know Miles did as well because we talked about it after the movie. Yes. Um, but, Ozzy, what did you think of the character who talked like, I don't know what he was going for, but it was horrible. It was so annoying. <laughs> like, I just don't understand. Like, it felt like a different part of a movie. And I'm just like, it was just, I was so annoyed with his character and the fact that he ended up playing a big part and it surprised me and it caught me off guard. Mm-hmm. It was like, it was like a messed up twist for me because I'm just like, really? Him? Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. guy? It was just so I, out of place. Yeah, I thought he would only be like a cameo, but he ended up having a bigger part in this movie and I'm, it was annoying for me to see. So Every time he spoke, I was annoyed. It, and that's the fun. I think it really kind of would have worked if he was just like one of those characters that had like one line and mm-hmm. went out. Yeah. But I was just as shocked as you guys. That, and he was just a freaking stereotype. Yes. Like it's an animation. We got to hold it to a certain standard, but we still got to have some level yes, exactly. of not making our kids mentally challenged <laughs> for when they get older. But that's just my two cents. Um, jeez. Yeah, but I, I agree with you there. Uh, my last negative, I don't know if you guys have any major, other major things you want to talk about, but my last negative, which is something that we actually haven't even mentioned in, about, in this review yet, which I think is very telling. There's a third main character in this movie, the kid, and his storyline just felt, first of all, it felt so forced. It just was like, it was pointless. It's forgettable. Yes, very forgettable. And secondly, I don't know if this bothered you, but he, his lines were not written like a kid at all. He talked like a freaking adult. And yeah. I was like, you're, this is like a four year old kid we're led to believe or something like that, really young. And he's talking like an adult. Like at one point he was talking about like, ethnic divides in Europe and I'm like okay I get this was especially like a (laughs) joke but it did not work and it just no one laughed no it was was so stupid yeah like yeah I like I felt like there's this scene where I felt that the kid was taking control of the dad I'm just like how are you doing this yeah because you're right it felt like an adult talking talking to another adult here it was complete. It was forgettable. Maybe um, they're trying to get rid of that. Maybe, but it didn't, I work. Appreciate, it didn't work. I do appreciate the the heart that they have in in those scenes, though. Yeah. I do think that it worked out in the end. Uh, but I would say, yeah, I, I would guess. say, I'd say, sort of the beginning. You know, mm-hmm. the beginning, kind of him talking to his parents in the beginning. I'm just like, I don't care. Yeah, I agree. And it just, it felt it felt like he was taking control of the situation. Uh-huh. All right, well, unless you guys have any more negatives you want to get to, do you want to just rate this movie and move on? Let's rate this. All right. Um, Ozzy, let's start with you. What is your rating for Storks? A 6.1. Wow. All right. Uh, fair enough. Miles, how about you? You are so generous. I give it a 5.9997 out of 10. <laughs> okay. I can't quite get it to 6. <laughs> can't quite get it to six. Oh my gosh. But I don't want to feel like a jerk by just giving it a 5.9. Oh um, <laughs> <laughs> that's like the first multiple level of decimal. I don't know. That, that was don't strange. tell me how to live my life. <laughs> um, 
I, you guys actually disliked this movie more than I did. I think I like this movie. Um, I, I like this movie fine enough. I think it's on the same level as I don't. I didn't have as high expectations for this movie as I did for um, a movie that we talked about on our biggest disappointments of the summer, Secret Life of Pets. I had bi- I had mm. decent sized expectations for that movie, and it I, let me I down. Thought, I thought that that movie was. Better than this movie. It didn't screenplay like this movie. Yes. Well, I don't know. Uh, See, for me, I think these movies, Secret Life of Pets, and this are kind of on the same level. But I kind of liked this one. End up liking this one more because I didn't have as high expectations. I guess I could see that. So, being that it's on the same level, I'm going to put it in the same range. So I'm at about a six point seven. So it's. Okay, We're I have think. We'll debate about Left of Pets, Carlos, one of these days. <laughs> we will. Um, I think they're, it's okay. It's just, I'm not gonna like recommend anybody go see it with their kids. I think there's better animated movies. Just stay home and watch Zootopia for crying out loud. Um, yeah, it's on Netflix now, so <laughs> whatever. Um, alright, let's move on to The Magnificent Seven. Um, this is probably the biggest movie we've had come out in a long time. And so, this is a movie that I'm, I'm very excited for us to talk about, and let's just get right into it. Miles, let's start with you. What did you think of The Magnificent, Magnificent, Magnificent Seven? Magnificent Seven. I came out initially having a lot of problems, but the more I thought about it, the more I processed through it, the biggest thing I took away is that none of those problems really mattered because this movie was so much fun. The cast, amazing. The action was just so good, and the attention... To detail, like the sounds, the costumes, the way the guns worked, the way the movie was shot. It was just such a fun, escapist sort of experience at the theaters, and that's the biggest takeaway I had from The Magnificent mm-hmm. Seven. All right, Ozzy, what about you? I was disappointed in this movie. All right, that's fair. That's I fair. I had hopes for this movie. Um, it had a great cast, like Miles said. I think, I think it was shot well. But we're not gonna go into details about it because we gotta get into a positive. But I was very disappointed about this movie. Um, see, this is a strange situation for me because, like, when I started down, like, or when I started writing down my positives and negatives for this movie, I've got like an entire like list of positives. Like, I've got a long list, and I've got like a few negatives. But there's just something that I was just like, there's something holding me back from just absolutely loving this movie. I don't know. I can't necessarily even put my finger. Maybe. I can't put my finger on what it is, but there's just something that I'm like, I can't get all the way there with this movie. But that being said, I do have a lot of positives. So let's get into our positives. Um, Miles, what are some of your positives for The Magnificent Seven? I mean, come on. You got the cast, which is just... Just amazing. I don't even have... I don't have it on my phone right now. So the things coming up to the top of my head, Vincent D'Onofrio, mm-hmm. uh, Chris Pratt, Denzel Washington, just their inner... It's interview. a loaded cast. Yeah, it's a loaded cast. There's so many... Ethan Hawke. Mm-hmm. You just can tell that the actors were having so much fun making this, and it just bled through the screen and their chemistry together, and I just wanted to see more of this cast working together. Ozzy, what did you think of that, the cast? I think the cast was generally good for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Denzel Washington, Chris Pratt, Ethan Hawke, Vincent D'Onofrio, Lee Byung Hun, mm-hmm. Manuel Garcia Ruffalo, <laughs> and then Martin Sam Mir, yeah. and Haley Bennett. I think they all did a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think they did. Uh, I mean, they had us all engaged. Yeah. We all cared for each of these characters. Um, 
I didn't know. I didn't really. I was on the borderline with Vincent uh, D'Onofrio's character. Agreed. But I ended up really liking him, you know, because he was ended up being like a big teddy bear. Yes. Right? The, okay, this is my issue with Vincent, or this is how I kind of view Vincent D'Onofrio's character slash performance. And this this looks kind of positive slash negative, but let's just put it out here since we're talking about it. Um, I liked his character. I ended up loving his character, actually. Um, he was very complex and also different than most of the other characters in this movie. But I don't necessarily like his acting choice. I thought his performance was, like, he made some strange choices with his performance that I just thought were, it went a little bit too over the top or like a little bit too weird at times. And I just couldn't get on board with it. And that's actually one of my negatives. It's just, I like the character, but the performance, it was just, it, it was, there was something off about it for me. Are we in positives now? Are we in- We're in positives, okay. but uh, we, he brought that up. So I was just for going sure. off that. Um, all right. Uh, you mentioned Denzel Washington as well. <laughs> Denzel has a moment towards the end of this movie where I was just like, he's reminding everybody that he's Denzel freaking Washington. Yeah. <laughs> he was so good um, in this movie. I, he definitely carries the movie. The movie decides to focus on him and Chris Pratt, which makes sense for obvious reasons. Um, and he, Denzel was so good in this movie. Pratt has some great moments, um, but Denzel was definitely, for me, the biggest star. He just radiates so much energy. He has mm-hmm. that sort of Tom Hanks factor where almost any normal character actor playing that role would make it really boring, but yeah. Denzel, there's just something about the way yes. he portrays his characters and he just knocks it out of the park every time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also one performance that I don't think most people are going to talk about, but for me, it was one of the better in the movie. Haley Bennett. Mm. I thought she was really, she was really good. Really good. Like she really got that emotion across. <laughs> like I mean, she had a lot of. She had to portray a lot of emotions, and at the same time, portray a lot of confidence and a lot mm-hmm. of just like strength. And I thought she did all that very well. It blended together. I bought into it, and I felt everything that she was feeling at the same time. Ozzy, yeah, what did you think of all these performances that we're talking about here? I think- yeah, I think they. I think, like I said, the cast generally did a great job. I think Haley Bennett is another standout performance Agreed. in that movie. I think she did a great job. Um, you know, we really didn't get enough screen time with her husband, of course. That's but, true. Um, and her husband was actually played by Matt Balmer. Mm-hmm. Um, but she made us care for him. Agreed. You know what I mean? And her, she, if it, I felt like she really put her all in this in this performance, so I have to give her credit to where it's due. Mm-hmm. Um, Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not against that. Um, um, all right, let's talk about some of the more technical stuff, like the cinematography, the score, how this movie was paced. Let's get into some of that. What do you guys think of all that? Mm. Should uh, I start? That that pacing is going to be for negative for me. But oh, we'll okay. Yeah. All right, we'll talk about the pacing. Um, what about the cinematography? Do you like how it was shot, Ozzy? Generally speaking, yes. I, if we're going to be talking like the action sequences, yes. I, I, I did like the action sequences, how they were shot. I thought it was, thought it was really interesting how they, how they got some of the shots. And, um, I definitely like some of the stunt work that they did with the actors. Um, especially like it's in the trailer, like where. Denzel Washington like does like a crazy move with this mm-hmm. horse and shoots someone. I'm like, wow, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Um. So definitely well shot for the action sequences, and and I would say some of the overhead view shots of of the of the of the land and, mm-hmm. and the towns were also pretty 
pretty well shot as well. Yeah, I loved the way this movie was shot. I thought that it was a great cinematography. I don't necessarily think it'll like win any awards. I think it has a chance maybe of getting nominated, but it, I thought it was excellently shot. Um, and also the score. I thought the score was really good. I, I, but to me, this is the, this is where we're going to have a bit of a divide. I haven't seen the original Magnificent Seven. I, you haven't as well, Ozzy, right? No, I haven't. Exactly. So I don't, I don't have anything to compare that score to. So for me, I actually really liked the score in this movie. But you have a different opinion, well, Miles. I think for me, a lot of it was that James Horner, uh, the late James Horner, mm-hmm. passed away uh, before he was able to compose this movie. But I remember the big surprise was that he actually wrote all the music. Mm-hmm. So I think this was his last piece of work. So I was expecting something along the lines of Titanic, something, mm-hmm. and this is probably my fault of expectations, <laughs> but I just, there was no song that really stuck out to me like, all right, at all, and that, I was bummed I out guess that's that. fair. I, I, I thought it worked really well. I thought, um, like I said, I, I did really like the score. So, uh, Ozzy, what did you think of it? I think the score is pretty good. I mean, it's not something that I, I'm i going to necessarily remember. Okay. But I thought it was generally okay. It wasn't something I'm just like, I need this score. But, you yeah. know, it was all right. Um, I also I think the pace is in my positive, actually, for this movie. But, really? Yes. But I guess since we have two of you that disagree, we'll talk about it in our negatives. Um, lastly, I want to talk about the beginning of this movie and then the end of this movie, like the climactic battle scene at the end, but then also the beginning of this movie were both excellent. It hooked me from the very opening scene of this movie, and then it had me pretty much all the way through to the end. I do have some issues with some of the cheesiness towards the end, but overall, I thought the entire last action sequence was fantastic. And then, like I said, the opening was just so strong and powerful. Do you disagree? Um, Agree? No? I sort of kind of agree to disagree with you on the beginning. But the the ending was pretty good. That like that the the huge action action sequence in the end. I thought that was fantastic. That was so much um, fun to watch. Yeah, I'm just, this is my this is my last positive. I think the chemistry that they really had all amongst each other was actually really good. And I think some I think a lot of the humor really hit hit with that. You know, I think it was sort of I don't know if they ad libbed, but I can tell that they were really having a great time in this movie as well. So I think definitely you, you saw that through their chemistry of characters. I agree with you to an extent. I think there's one actor in this movie who kind of got carried away in his his self, and it his comedy did not work. And I think you guys can probably guess who I'm talking about, yeah. but we'll get to that in our negatives. Um, what did you think of the kind of the opening of this movie, Miles? Because I loved it. This is sort of branching into the negatives. Okay, but let's it, just do that then. Go into negatives. So. I'm going to say this. The whole movie, by the end, I really adjusted to mm-hmm. this uh, negative that I had. But for me, I what's ingrained in my head with Westerns is this old school, uh, the cuts are super slow. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of time to focus on what you see on the screen. And even with like newer movies like Hell or High Water, Tarantino Westerns, they really replicate that style. And what threw me off at the beginning is that this movie is cut in a way that's very fast. Mm-hmm. And for me, that really, I wish I had more time to digest digest what was going on in the screen in front of me before I automatically cut away to something else, which was my biggest negative, because it really, I feel like my enjoyment would have gone from 
like a lower level to a much higher level if the pacing of the cuts was just a lot slower but that was just me yeah maybe and maybe that is my the one thing that i'm most like i can't put my finger on it that could be it because like i do agree with you hell or high water like I, like that's a neo-western but to me it's a much better quote-unquote western than this movie is yeah but i just i don't know maybe that's what it is um, I, but like I said, I do really like the way this movie opened, but that's, I guess, another discussion. I like uh, the content, just yes. not the execution okay. as well. Okay, fair. Uh, Ozzy, what did you think of, uh, you obviously have some thoughts on the way this movie was paced, so get into it, Ozzy. <laughs> I think it was all over the place when it came to pacing. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the beginning, it was kind of slow, and then it picked up, and then it dropped it back down. And so, for me, pacing was all over the place. Um, you know what I mean? Like, like this, the trailer sells you on this action-packed um, movie. So I don't know if it was because of the expectation they had, but it just felt all over the place. You know, if it, that pacing just felt all over the place. Um, and another one of my negatives is that just the way that Denzel Washington kind of recruits the seven is, is mm. kind of random, kind of it's like for instance red harvest's character which is played by martin sensmere mm-hmm. it just kind of felt shoehorned like yeah you know yeah. kind of just like we need somebody else so screw it and you're in yeah we um, have we the, the title says seven so we have to get to seven and we need to be diverse <laughs> yeah like it, it just felt sort of shoehorned in there um so that's that's you know when I, I don't no disagree with that. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> just, yeah, like, just for instance, like his character kind of just felt shoehorned, and then yeah. like the way the Nafrio's character just came, like he said no, and then he just randomly showed up, and it's like, what, what the heck is happening? <laughs> so it's it just felt really random how they all just kind of came together. He didn't even know um, Chris Pratt's character, and then he just went to him. He's like, hey, so you want to want to join in? Like, yeah. It just it's just sort of random how he kind of brought them all together. Uh, the thing, the thing is though, ultimately I thought the characters end up working, so that's why it kind of makes up for it for me. But at the same time, you, you, I do agree, you have to introduce them properly and you have to introduce them well. And I don't think they necessarily pulled that off for some of the characters at least. Mm-hmm. Um, spe- another character in particular that I want to get to oh, no. is Chris Pratt. What? Yeah. I want to talk about Chris Pratt's character. There are some comedic elements with this character where I thought really they really did work. I thought when it got into his actual character and he was act like because he had some great moments in this movie. He did, but I do think there were moments where he was just reverted. He reverted back to being Chris Pratt, and that's fine for some things. But when you have good a good performance, you got to keep at that level. And then sometimes he goes back and he's just like, "I'm Chris Pratt. I'm gonna make a Chris Pratt joke." And it's like, I love that in. Parks and Recreation, but not in this movie. I could see that, but my biggest takeaway is that you just don't like Chris Pratt. So. I like Chris Pratt. <laughs> That's not making you put it's words on in my record, mouth, guys. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy is my favorite movie of all time. Period. Doesn't count. <laughs> what? This doesn't make any sense. Uh, this is like the rumor going around um, our hall that I hate Top Gun. This doesn't. Which he does. This, no, Gun. that's a lie. And Tom Cruise. <laughs> all right. Um, whatever. Ozzy, what did you think of Chris Pratt and his kind of sense of humor in this movie? Um, 
I think he, I think it generally hit for the most part. I do I do think there was a joke here and there that could have been cut back, but I, I I generally like his jokes for the most part. I think it kind of either got it got a bit tense with some of the other characters, or it kind of um, or it kind of made them kind of get closer. So. I think it generally hit for the most part. It wasn't something that I was like, oh my gosh, it's Chris Pratt being Chris Pratt. No, I generally liked it for the most part. Yeah, but for for me, it was like, it, a lot of the times what I want with these movies is I want the humor to kind of just be written into the script and kind of just easily, like it just happens and you're like, oh, that was kind of funny. But this, it kind of felt more like I'm, it's Chris, Chris Pratt was like, I'm going to make a joke now. Yeah. And then he makes a joke. And that's why I'm like, it just didn't fit. Like, I'm not, I don't have a problem with his sense of humor. I'm just saying right. it didn't fit in this movie. No, all jokes aside, I do agree with you on that. That I would have appreciated it more if they really focused on writing, like you said, jokes that came out of who the character is rather than a Chris Pratt interview press junket saying, yeah. uh, even though it was enta- entertaining in the moment, in the long run, it kind of betrayed the movie. Mm-hmm. So, I can I can see I can see where you guys are coming from. It just doesn't fit with the protect with the, with the genre. Yeah, I can see where you guys yeah. are coming. All right, Ozzy, I think you disliked this movie maybe maybe more than I did even. Um, so what what were some more of your negatives? Like, what else were we missing here? It's just some. It's just the pacing of it all was just. It was, That's that, your biggest that was issue. Like the biggest mm-hmm. issue. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's just the like. It's just the marketing and the marketing of it. Like you can't. That's, that's that's. I think that's been one of the biggest issues with just films this year is that they they market you on something and it's completely different than what uh-huh. it is. Um, and that this is this this happens to be an example of that. And then it's just, I want to care for all the. I mean, I ended up caring for six out of the seven of these characters, which I can say is more than I care for for Suicide Squad. <laughs> but fair enough. At least introduce these characters well give them all a motive and, and an incentive to do what they're doing don't just say hey, I'm bored I ain't got nothing else to do sure See, I, uh, I didn't mind their motivations I, I don't agree with you there I'm with us no, oh just, really it's yeah. it's just it, it felt just sort of like we're not we're like we're not doing anything else so sure and it's that's fine but it's not that takes away from me caring for that character sort of less in a way I mean, I ended up caring for these characters, but it just took it just took me back a few steps. If you yeah, understand but I, I'd like, prefer this over like a romanticized version of it, where they're all doing it for like the right reasons, quote unquote. I'm I don't not, think I we're mean, saying that. Though. Okay, it, just more specific like, motivation. Right? Denzel Washington's character, like he had a purpose in being there. It wasn't just because he wants to help them out. Like he has a personal history with yeah. this character. So, like, if they would have done it, and I hate to compare it to Guardians of the Galaxy. But, you know, let's go. This is a completely different genre. But at least all those characters had a reason for being there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They, they all had their purposes for being where, where they are. You know what I mean? But this one, they just all felt sort of, dang, sure, whatever, screw it. I'm, it's fine. I ain't got nothing else to do. And that's why they were there. So it just kind of took me back a few steps from really, really caring for these characters. Um, Jesse, who is in the studio right now, is, like, about to, like, throw something at us right now he's he really wants to talk um (laughs) we might have to have him on to kind of argue with you ozzy about this at some point but i I still disagree with you about the motives i thought they worked pretty well um one positive i guess i can go back if i can go back for a second that i had was 
the overall the way they use violence. You know, I'm not a big like violence, like over the top violence guy in movies, but I thought they used it very well. I thought they kind of um, it kind of portrayed like the grittiness and like the more instead of like I was saying the more romanticized version of the West. It was kind of a more this is it wasn't it wasn't clean. It was messy at times. Yeah. So I, I did really like that. I don't mind um, if it's gritty or messy. I'm not. I'm not saying you did. I'm just. I'm going back to a positive that I didn't mention. <laughs> I think it makes sense, bro. Okay. Um. But coming, going also with a negative that kind of connects with that positive that I mentioned. Uh, with kind of the action and the violence that happens at the end of this movie, I do also think there are some really cheesy moments. Um. Kind of interweaved in the kind of finale of this movie. Um. Especially with how some of these characters meet their end. Oh, like, spoiler alert, I guess they don't all survive, but I think that's obvious. Yeah. Um, we're not telling you which ones, so don't get mad. Um, I, I, I just think that there were some really cheesy moments where I'm like, okay, like, we're going there, sure. It just, there were sometimes things that didn't work for me. I'd be curious to hear what those specific moments oh, really? are. Because I, I, I don't really enjoyed it. how they executed all of them. Oh, so really? I'm curious to hear that. Okay. After. <laughs> I agree with the both of you to an extent. <laughs> how is that possible? Because I agree with you. Miles, but then I also agree with you for one of the characters. But okay. Like, okay. We'll, we'll talk about it after. This yeah, time. yeah. Or maybe we'll have like a brief spoiler discussion in another episode. Um, we'll, see we'll see how it works out um, with these upcoming episodes. Uh, but do you have any more negatives that I'm not thinking of, or do you want to just rate it? Let's just rate it, man. All right, uh, Miles, let's start with you. What is your rating for The Magnificent Seven? The Magnificent Seven was great. It was a lot of fun. It was flawed. I give it a 4 out of 10. What? <laughs> I'm kidding. Jesse's in the room, and I just wanted to see his reaction to that. <laughs> I actually give The Magnificent Seven a seven and a half out of ten. I really had a good time with this one. Probably the best time I've had in a popcorn movie in maybe even months. That's how good it was. So I highly recommend it. All right. Uh, Ozzy, what is your rating for The Magnificent Seven? 6.8. All right. Um, Better than Mad Max. It's a shame. <laughs> Mad Max is like a two. I'm playing MSR. <laughs> um, so you're just kind of more of an, at an okay range. You wouldn't even like fully recommend this movie? Uh, it's, it's difficult for me to say. Carlos. Yeah, I'm, I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out that movie. Yeah, I think that's fair. Because even Miles just said at the beginning, like he had to kind of process this. So I, I think that's fair. Um, for me, I was not expecting to be the highest out of all of us. Really, I am actually the highest out of all of us, but only slightly. I'm at a seven point seven. Um, <laughs> or Jesse is. Messing around. He's saying that's an eight-ish. So and, and we're in the same range. We're in the same range. Um, <laughs> but I, I think it's a good movie, and I would recommend people go see it because I think there's plenty of fun to be had with this, and I do think, especially with the characters, there's there's fun to be had in the action. Like I said, so good. Um, so the, going following this discussion, I kind of want to get into. Uh, a real quick discussion on westerns as a gen mm. as a genre, and obviously they have been very popular in the past, and they're kind of maybe coming back a little bit now. So, but why do we think it kind of died? What what caused the western genre as a whole to kind of just fall off a cliff? 
I would say just because of the different cinematography over the years that, that's come out. I mean, if you're going to compare it to, if we're talking about today's today's audience, mm-hmm. today's audience wants more of a more wants more of a bang, wants more action, mm-hmm. and I think you can get generally get that through just an action, just generally through like an action movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, if we're talking like the '80s and '90s, those had you know. Action movies like Sylvester Stallone starring in them, Van Damme, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. So, you, I mean, you have all these actors making like exciting action movies mm-hmm. compared to an 80, compared to like a Western movie, which takes its time. It's kind of slow. Mm-hmm. Is it, It's not necessarily bad, but it, it, it works up to that. And I think people just want to just go straight for the action movies. Um, Agreed. So, if we're talking generally today, I think people would choose more. If we're gonna be talking about like Hella High Water mm-hmm. between Captain America Civil War. Those both are really good movies, but I feel like people are gonna tend to go just are gonna go towards Captain America Civil War just because there's more action in that. Yeah. Um I, I do agree with you to an extent at least. Um Miles, what are your thoughts on this issue? <laughs> yeah, well Jesse wrote something down for me to say, and I do agree with it. One of it it says short attention span of a viewer, but I think even bigger than that. You really got to look at the the culture at the time because that has a lot of say of what movies mm-hmm. people are seeing. And a big thing, I think this may have been a couple of years after Westerns had fiddled out, but I think the biggest thing that really sealed the fate was a little movie called Star Wars, which yeah. really, I mean, if you watch Toy Story, kind of echoes it. They're all, the kid is interested in the cowboy, but then, then this whole space thing comes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this whole, once we figured out that we could actually go to space, a lot of the interest at the time in what was happening uh, in our planet, I think a lot of that did happen to fiddle down because of that. But that's just me. Uh, I agree. I think the culture definitely has um, some say, definitely a big say in <laughs> these things because ultimately the movie movies, they're a business and they're going to put out what makes money. But I don't know. I think I do agree with Jesse that it is like a lot of attention span. People don't have the patience um, for these kind of slower paced things. They want to just get in. This is kind of what Ozzy was saying. They just want to get to the point. They don't have um, uh, they they don't want to spend the time just to like just slowly watch these characters build. They just want to get it, get the information they need and get going. Um, and, And then also running time also has to come into effect a little bit here as well like movies have gotten shorter and that leaves less time for you to have these slower paced movies um but and then because of that like it's hard to put that a slower paced movie nowadays in a runtime that is a manageable runtime i guess you would say so but I do agree, like, the culture definitely has a say in it because people just aren't as interested in that era anymore because we've seen, we have superhero movies now. We have yeah. space movies now. Like, it's it's hard. Intellectual property is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing, and I know that you're not the biggest fan of his work in this genre, but a big person who's really ushered a new interest in Westerns is Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, that's uh, With Django Unchained, which did really well at the box office. But The Hateful Eight, there's also some interest in that. Mm-hmm. So I do think that we're at this place where if there's a good enough filmmaker with a decent enough following, people will see a Western mm-hmm. if it's good. 
Yeah, and also, it, I do agree. Like, if they're done well, people will go to see them. He, well, not, not, all, of not them. all of them, but people will kind of respect them. And, like, it's not like they're trashed by critics or anything. They're still pretty well received. I mean, even uh, Magnificent Seven, this new remake, it's decently received at least. But that's not a classic Western. That's yeah. a very modern movie page. It's true. It's in true. every regard. Um, but a lot of these neo-westerns are like some of the big Oscar contender type things. I mean, No Country for Old Men. I can say whatever I want about the Clone Brothers, but that movie won awards, man. It's one of the most influential films yeah. of this decade. And that's a neo-western. I mean, yeah, it's, totally. it's, I don't know, it's really interesting to see how they're kind of, in some circles, making a comeback, but it's still hard to maintain the audience's interest when you have a traditional western. And I would doubt if it ever hit that level that it was back in the like no, 50s and 60s. it's never going to get back all the way there. But I could see it coming up a little bit. But I also think other things like the superhero movies would have to die down a tad. Mm -hmm. We're just in the stage of transition. Yeah. And it will be interesting to see where that is headed in the future. And another thing that's also really interesting is at that time when these movies were like at their peak... Yeah. That's where all the stars were going. You had your John Waynes. You had later down. You had Clint Eastwood. Yeah. It's the, you have those things, and all these people are like, that's where they're making their money. That's where they're becoming famous. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, that's superhero movies. That's these Star big Wars blockbusters. Yeah. That's where people are going when they want to bring their brand to a whole other level. So I think that also comes into play. They're not getting the big names necessarily. I mean. Yes, we have neo-westerns like um, Hell or High Water that's getting decent names, but it's not like they're pulling in the superstars. Right. Um, even, like, but like you said, Magnificent Seven did, but that's not even a traditional western. Tarantino. Tarantino does, but Tarantino, he's almost like in his own category, you know? Yeah. So it's hard, but Ozzy, you have any other thoughts on this topic? Um, not really. <laughs> You're not the biggest western guy yourself, are you? No, I'm not the biggest Western guy myself. I mean, there are some movies that did in, that that do have an interest on me. You know, like Magnificent Seven had it had an had an interest in mm -hmm. Hello High Water, The Revenant, even. Mm. Um, I do I do agree with with what Miles um, generally genuinely said though uh, <laughs> when he talked about the short people have like a short um, span. Um, I yeah. think. I think if you have a, if you have the patience to really sit through a movie and really, because also the thing about Western movie, it's also about the nature mm -hmm. surrounding it. It's not just about the action in the sense, which is what I think a lot of people want to just jump for. Mm -hmm. If you really appreciate the nature of that time period, of that time period, and just of this country, just generally speaking. Mm -hmm. um, I think I think you could really enjoy enjoy this movie. Like when when I was watching Hell or High Water, I've only been to Texas once, but they made Texas look beautiful in Hell or High Water. Just the cinematography in that movie, and mm -hmm. I think you can there. Um, so I think I think if you can just appreciate that, it, it's gonna be a great movie. Um, yeah. But if you want to just hit right, get right to the point, then like I, I just don't think it, this movie will hit a lot of people today. Uh, to me, what makes the best westerns is their screenplay. That's the be that's 
probably to me the most important thing of, that a western needs to have is a well-written screenplay and I, I don't know maybe like do you do you think we're not getting quality westerns or do you think it's just people or it's mostly because people are not interested I would say that's not true at all because when uh, I can't think of the last time a bad western yeah. has come out that's been on my radar, it really comes down to the interest of the viewer. I agree. And right now, everyone wants to watch something that's based off something they know. Yeah. And westerns are generally all original concepts. Yeah. And so a lot of and it's kind of interesting hearing that discussion happen because people are asking why don't we get more original movies? But the only movies they're yeah. interested and actually seen are things that oh I want to see that yeah. superheroes exactly. so as long as that cycle continues westerns won't ever exactly um, this is something that me and Miles have been like complaining about for a while now because it's be a topic no now we have we had um, like in this I think it was in the past month I guess it was in August definitely um, we had Kubo and the Two Strings and Hell or High Water in the theaters don't breathe and Don't Breathe, all in the theaters at the same time. None of them, except maybe Don't Breathe a Little Bit, made money. And they're already out of theaters, and Suicide Squad is still sitting in theaters. It pisses me off. That is a disgrace. That is a disgrace that everybody who didn't go see those movies after I was sitting there yelling at them to go see it should be ashamed that Suicide Squad is still in freaking theaters because that's what people go to see. That's what people go to see. And you would just go and see Suicide Squad over and over again and you're just like, guys, that movie is not even that good. And we're just sitting here supporting that and that movie is making money and it's just like, come on. It's so frustrating. So frustrating. Completely agree with you there. All right. Well, sorry for the rant to end this, but, you know, whatever. Let's move on to our TV recap, and I think this is mostly going to be me because I definitely watched the most TV out of um, all of us, but uh, it, it is it is how it is. Miles, I know, Ozzy, you weren't able to watch your show that has started already, correct? Yeah, I wasn't able to. Yeah, so maybe on our next week we can both talk about that because I know we both watched The Blacklist, but I haven't gotten to it yet either. I'm already behind on TV. It's crazy. Um, Miles, did you watch any of these shows with me? I did not. I, really? I, 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 I kind of swore you were in there. Maybe I watched a little bit of American Horror Story, oh, yeah. but most of the shows I tend to watch things with my own will. Yeah. So I tend to like <laughs> binge it later on. Yeah. So uh, it's really hard for me to keep up with TV mm-hmm. shows personally. That's fair. Um, I'll just really quickly go through some of these. Um, to me, the b- biggest standout or the biggest name show that came or that started already this week is agents of shield i thought it got off to a really song strong start um ghost rider is obviously in this season wait really yes you didn't know no way yeah so cool (laughs) ghost riders in this season and he i I think i was really nervous and i still am nervous with how they're going to move his story forward but i think it got off to a really strong start nicholas cage no, <laughs> um, but it, it's it got off to a really strong start. The visually impressive, the continues. Agents of Shield continues to be visually impressive, and um, they moved to a 10 p.m. time slot, which a lot of people were like, "Oh, they're just pushing it back because it's not getting the ratings." That which that could be part of the problem, but 
this episode was very dark. There was a lot of blood, and I was like, they could not be doing this on an 8 p.m. time slot. So I'm actually really happy they moved it to a 10 p.m. time slot. Um, so I'm I'm very uh, I'm looking forward to this season of Agents of Shield. I've said on this podcast multiple times, season three was great television. I'm gonna have to watch. It. You're <laughs> <Yes>. Really convincing. <laughs> um, and then. I, there's also another show on Tuesdays that I really want to talk about, but uh, we'll get to that in our recommendations. Um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine New Girl also started. Solid starts. I'm looking forward to those because they're both great sitcoms. And they're the, actually, I think they're pretty much the only sitcoms I watch, other than, I guess, Superstore, but I haven't watched that yet. Um, American Horror Story, which you mentioned. Of the little bit you saw, what did you think? I was... That's another show that now that I saw that little bit, I want to watch the whole show now. Mm -hmm. Because it just... uh, The document... It's like this documentary style of show, and it's just so... Or at least this season, Mm -hmm. it's so creative. And I love the idea that each season can play with a different style Mm -hmm. of horror. And now... so good. You got me hooked. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The thing with American Horror Story is you can jump in at whatever season you want. Whatever piques your interest just by the title, you can be like, I'm going to jump in and watch this season. Um, Season three is my personal favorite. That's Coven. That deals with witches. It's so good. The story is great. Characters are great. Um, Season one is solid. Season two was my favorite before season three. Uh, season four I didn't like, and season five I actually never watched any of it, but I am interested because I did hear it was pretty good. Um, but this season, they kind of kept the style of it a secret for all the marketing until it came out, and now they've revealed it's Roanoke um, this season. And it's it's really interesting. The, after the first episode, which was actually last week, I was like sitting there and I was like, I don't know if I like this style. It's just so different. And then I even was talking to my sister, who she's a huge American Horror Story fan. Like, she's as big as, like, as big of a fan as they come. And I was talking to her, and I was like, I I don't know if I like this style. And she's like, yeah, I'm kind of on the fence with it, too. And I was like, I'll just give it another episode and see what I think. And after that second episode, I'm just like, I really like what they're trying to do here. It's just, like you said, with the documentary style, it's just so unique. Mm -hmm. I really, really like it. Um, it's got to be a joyride for the filmmakers who get to direct exactly. the, these episodes. Like, so much fun to play around with those styles. Agreed, man. It's It's got to be a lot of fun. Um, another show, Designated Survivor, which premiered on Wednesday. And that's a show I've been looking forward to for uh, ever since I heard about it and heard Kiefer, Stuff- Kiefer Sutherland was going to be in it. Um, Kiefer Sutherland's back on TV and that is never a bad thing. We were jokingly calling him President Jack Bauer throughout the entire episode, whereas Bobby was saying President Agent Jack Bauer. Um, so it, it was, it, I think it's, it got off to a strong start. It's something that's going to be worth watching, I'm pretty sure. Um, so definitely I'll keep people up to date on that and let people know if it continues to be worth watching. Um, that's, I, like I said, I had a really busy end of the week this week, so I didn't, I missed a lot of my Thursday shows. I missed, um, How to Get Away with Murder. I missed Blacklist, as we already mentioned. So those are things I need to catch up on. And then also, The Exorcist started, I believe that's on Fox. Um, that started on today, I believe, on Friday when we're recording this. And I am very much looking forward to that. So I can't wait for that. Um, and then I already mentioned Superstore. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. There's also another Tuesday show that I haven't started yet that I want to. 
Um, and then obviously we have Rebels coming up on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're all very excited about that here, and it's going to be a fun time. I believe, unless, as if everything goes well, we will have our first Rebels recap along with maybe some, no, I think it's only Rebels on when our Wednesday episode, so keep your eye out for that. Um, so we will have a Rebels recap. That'll be fun. Um, that's all I have for TV, Ozzy. I know you didn't have much to say, but you will have stuff to say next week and then definitely the week after that once all these superhero shows get up started. Definitely. <laughs> um, and then also we have Luke Cage coming out next Friday, so that is something we're all looking forward to as well. And I've heard great yes, things about this, um, yeah, the we, first couple episodes. We are, we're, I'm working on getting a guest on that episode as well. We'll see if that works oh. out. Um, our Luke Cage episode. So that, that'll be fun if that comes through. But yeah, we got a lot of stuff coming up. I think we're in an exciting stage here at the Screen Fellas podcast. We got a lot of stuff going on. A lot of, a lot of, yeah, a lot of TV. We got Oscar season going on. Um, working on, we might have like how me and Ozzy will have our Oscar watch. We might have a little bit of a different kind of award season watch on our YouTube channel. So that's something. To keep you guys interested in the YouTube channel. Yeah. And definitely, I want to recommend right now the YouTube channel. Check that out. Um, Ozzy, let's get to recommendations and then get out of here. Ozzy, what is your recommendation today? My recommendation is Zootopia. I knew it. Look, man. You know, I was trying to... I was looking into this, trying to get into, like, a little mindset. Because mm-hmm. I know you said that that they try to beat, that they try to beat you over the head with the same... Um, things. Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily didn't, didn't see that. Okay. I yeah, I generally didn't see that because I think that I think that was like your biggest um, negative. It was in that movie. Um, I didn't. I generally didn't see that. I really had a fun time with this movie. It's not. It's not my. It's not my number one animation movie. That's what you were wondering. Yeah, it's but Kubo it's still, right? It's, it's in my. Yeah, Kubo's still my number one. It, mm-hmm. It's fighting. It's right now. It's like it's fighting for that second place with Dory right now. All right, that's Dory. Fair. But um, I, yeah, but I do think it was a great uh, animation. I, I I generally had fun. I think the chemistry between Judy Hopps and Nick Wilde was really good. Idris Elba is funny in this movie. Um, so I think I think the cast is the acting cast is pretty much uh, a positive right there. So oh, definitely, definitely check this out if you. If you it's on Netflix it. now, so it's definitely very accessible for anybody that missed it. Um, I, I would recommend it as well. I didn't love it as much as most people, but I definitely think it's worth watching. Definitely, uh, Disney is killing it right now with their animation. So can't wait for Moana. That's the next one coming out. When is that? November? Yeah. November. Yeah. yeah, November 25th. Yeah, man, that's going to be good, um, hopefully. <laughs> All right, Miles, what about you? Do you have a recommendation for us? Yeah, this is something that I <laughs> saw for the first time on Sunday, uh, John Favreau's Swingers. It was directed by Doug Lyman, who ended up doing Edge of Tomorrow, yep. the Born Identity and I was expecting, it's with uh, John Favreau wrote it, and he starred in it with Vince Vaughn. And I was expecting a funny movie, so uh, a very classy movie, but I wasn't expecting a movie that truly is about going through a breakup and moving on through mm-hmm. that. And it was so touching, and I just, it honestly is one of my favorite movies. And it's so exciting to be able to watch something that everyone's been talking about, and you can just fall right into that mm-hmm. bandwagon and just enjoy that conversation. 
It's such a good movie. No, I agree with you. After I watched that movie, I was like, this might be one of my favorite movies. It's just... It's so cool. Yes, it's really fun. It's really, like, it kind of just takes you, like, I've never... It was... It's set in L.A., correct? Yeah. Yeah. I, look, I've never lived in L.A. You obviously have lived in that area, but to me, it kind of just... Vibes. It, it kind of... So from what I can gather, it captured that area really well. It captured what it's like to live there and what it's like to kind of struggle through what you want to do there. Yeah, it, it's just. Too. I really love that movie. I, th- I think it's excellently written. John Favreau, he is so talented, He's underrated a talent. as a talent in really in is. Hollywood. He really is. Mm-hmm. Um, Ozzy, have you seen that movie? No, dude, it's on it's on Netflix, correct? It's on Netflix. Check it out. I highly recommend it. As Miles does, obviously. I do think you would enjoy this. <laughs> yeah, one, even though you don't enjoy a lot of good. <laughs> Uh, another we shot at his had, opinion for Mad Max. Generally had the same taste in both of these movies <laughs> that came true. out. See, I, so I, I, I thought you were going to recommend Mad Max and just start that debate all over again. But. No, Bob is getting pissed off, and he'd probably kick me off the team if I did that. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, <laughs> um, I don't know if he has the power to do that, but whatever. I don't have the power to do that. It's a vote decision. <laughs> <laughs> me, Carlos, um, and Bob, and everybody. There. All right. <laughs> All right, my recommendation is a show that I is on episode four now, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Donald Glover's new show. I wanted to recommend it last week, but I I had to recommend Hush or last episode, but I had to recommend Hush. This is something it is so good. Atlanta, um, it, it just kind of showcases first of all Donald Glover's genius. I think that man is so so smart and so like he writes everything so well. He write he's written this show he produces it he does he directed at least the first episode i don't know about the rest of them i think some other people have directed them um and obviously he stars in it i'm telling you the show is so good it's kind of it's a dramedy it's got it's very dramatic and very kind of serious and got some dark elements to it but at the same time donald glover is able to seamlessly incorporate his sense of humor into not only his lines, but the entire, like, cast and kind of the situations. It's just, it's so well-written. I can't describe how well-written the show is. Um, and the cinematography, it's very, like, it's surprisingly good. Surprisingly really? well-shot. Um, for, I mean, FX is, no, they're known for their TV shows at this point, mm-hmm. for their original content. But uh, it's still, it, it still impressed me. Um Highly recommend it. It's kind of... I think it's going to end up being my gateway drug drug to FX shows. I mean, I do watch American Horror Story, which is on FX. But this is the one where I'm like, okay, FX really knows what they're doing. So it might end up sucking me in um, to kind of those other shows that I've been missing. Um, and, oh, and Bobby's going to say The League, probably. Oh, It's Always Sunny. Uh, I don't watch that, but he highly recommends that. So you get an extra bonus recommendation on this episode. <laughs> um, Ozzy, I think that's it. You want to sign us out? All right. I'm going to start off with Miles. Miles, where can people find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles underscore Haruki. Don't ask how you spell it. Uh, but subscribe to the Screen Fellas YouTube channel. Yes. I implore you. It is so important that you watch the video. Give it a thumbs up and subscribe. We have lots of great stuff coming your way. And it would just mean the world if you could do that. 
Yep. Also, my- if you want to see Miles PMS over the fact that I don't like Mad Max, <laughs> go to the YouTube channel. It's great to see him cry. I will Miles. make out with you if you watch our videos. <laughs> Personally. <laughs> over Skype. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Cherry456. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Screenfellas as well. Bobby runs that account, or those accounts, and it is very entertaining. Um, and I also want to reemphasize the YouTube channel. Check it out. It, it's a fun time. And Miles is our head of video production, so he it would definitely help him out and help us out if you check out those YouTube channels. Definitely, so yeah, definitely. or that yeah, YouTube channel. He has some great, yes. great emotional tears in those YouTube channels. <laughs> so <laughs> the literally, YouTube um, you guys can find me on on Twitter at Castro Ozzy. And on Instagram at Ozzy Cray. And also, like Carlos said, please follow our YouTube channel. As well as, like Miles said as well, follow our YouTube channel because he posts some pretty great things on there. And also follow our Instagram and Twitter. Bobby's running those. He is hilarious, so don't miss out on that. Guys, we hope you enjoyed the show. Please feel free to listen and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. That help us a lot. Guys, this is Spring Fellas. Mm-hmm.